Well, this is hour three of my hike. Um, I am lost, but I can hear a river. So I'm going to follow the sound of the water and hope that that takes me back um, to, uh, to the trail. Don't worry, I have some provisions with me, including a peanut butter sandwich and a gogurt. Um, which never mind. The, apparently, the gogurt opened in my bag. So, um, anyway, I'll keep you updated. I'm gonna keep this this audio log going of my travels. Uh, this is hour three of Brandon's post-divorce hike, first hike on my own since my divorce. Welcome to OneWord.com's podcast. Each episode revolves around one word. Today's word is river. In three, two, one. It makes me think of destiny, fate, that sort of thing. A river feels like a very apt analogy for the flow of time. It's always one direction. It's powerful. I mean, no matter how hard you paddle against that current, that river is going to take you downstream. And I think when you're in the river and you're caught up in the current, it can feel chaotic, like you have no idea where you're going. You're lucky if you can keep your head above water, let alone navigate. But if you can just lens out, if you can just see that Google Earth satellite view of the river, you know exactly where you're going. The Gulf of Mexico. I have the most amazing river story. It's probably my favorite memory of my entire life. My best friend and creative partner and I set out to Abiquiu, New Mexico to do a creative retreat. The first half of the day we spent doing acting exercises and staring in each other's eyes for two minutes at a time, after which we descended down into this incredible red rock painted desert mountain that turned into a valley. And in the valley below, we came upon a river. And this river, when combined with this incredible red rock dirt, created this clay. And of course, we thought, as you would, let's cover our bodies in clay. And so we took this rich red colored clay, put it all over our bodies and across our face and in a tribal sense. And we laughed at each other and we're absolutely free down in that valley with the cows watching us and probably raising an eyebrow. And once we ascended the mountain and made it back to our sweet casita that we were staying in, we started to wash off the clay and realized it made this incredible maroon, rich, vibrant paint. And of course, as you do, we decided to draw the warrior versions of ourselves on the wall to really encapsulate that empowering experience that we just had. And we laid under the stars that night. And the next day, we outlined our feature from start to finish. And we honestly can't wait to do it all over again. If you're ever in Alaska, I highly recommend taking a float and fish trip along any river. It is an amazing experience. You get to fly in on a float plane and then you land on the river. And once you hit the riverbank, there's a boat 
waiting for you and they take you to an area where you fish. And the area where we were fishing was known for salmon. And so with the salmon, there were tons of bears. And the bears would just sit at the base of this creek that ran down into the river and just grab the salmon and bite their heads off and then chuck the rest of the fish. What comes to mind for me when I hear the word river is imagining what it's like to be a salmon. Swimming with all your might against the current and you're mustering up strength to jump up that one last little waterfall. Then you majestically launch out of the water. And, oh shit, yep, that's a bear, I'm dead, bye-bye. So if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to be escorted by the fishing guide, and that is because the outhouse, which is a wooden shack, has claw marks all down the sides from bears. So the fishing guide just hangs out there with a firearm in case you need assistance. Once you're back and you're ready to leave, one option they provide you is to take one of the salmon that you catch and eat it fresh. So our guide took us over to this cove, had like this overhang and it was raining and so it was just super serene and beautiful. And he cooked that salmon on this little grill on the boat and it was the most delicious salmon I have ever tasted so again if you're ever in Alaska float and fish trip down the river this is hour six of Brandon's post-divorce hike as you can hear probably I did make it to the river Uh, it is a lot less accessible than I thought it was going to be And I have a little scratchy scratch on my arm from some thorns of some sort. And I'm bleeding a little bit. And I'm getting a little bit cranky. I think of the Colorado River because it is literally in my backyard. And um, I've heard some folks say that they're a little bummed to see that it's not like this, you know, crystal clear blue water. And um, sometimes I get a little defensive, like it's red rocks and Colorado means colored red. You know, it's minerally and silty and it feels good on your skin and it's very earthy and cool. And we have these man-made lakes using that water in Western Colorado. I think of the Dead Sea in Israel, like you're just like grounding in the water. I don't know. I like it, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. There's a river here in my town called the Jordan River. It's like 51 miles long. And for years, people, um, I think, dumped into the river. And my aunt was telling me about how when she was a teenager, she would swim in the river until one day a dead cow came floating by. Uh, So that was the last time she swam there. And then a couple weeks later, an older gentleman of her same age told me a similar story that he was swimming in the river and a dead cow came floating by. So I feel like they should change the name of the river to Dead Cow River. It seems more appropriate. I was in in the Boy Scouts when I was a kid, and for some reason, someone thought it'd be a good idea to take canoes down this river, a river that was a known sewage dump. And we're cruising along, and we went under this uh, traffic bridge and um, went over this waterfall that we weren't aware of, obviously. And our canoe broke into three pieces. I still have a scar and probably parasites from that adventure. Growing up in Florida, where water sports were like a huge thing, going to wet and wild and aquaparks like that was always like the thing that we did in the summer. 
got these rides just go shoo, shoo, like roller coaster slides and your underwear is like all the way up your butt crack and then there's the creme de la creme the old steady reliable lazy river it's the great equalizer i think of the water park everybody goes to the lazy river there's no fear kids go in there parents go in there People probably pee in there all day long, but everybody still goes in there knowing that. I fell in the river. I'm wet. I'm pissed off. I wasn't even trying to fall in the river. I just wanted to get close to the river so I could look at the river. And then it sucked me in like a salesman trying to sell me this dumb backpack. I'm never going to use this backpack again. That's all wet. My socks are wet. I miss Deborah. I started going to sleepaway camp when I was in third grade, and I was going to that same sleepaway camp until I was in high school. And one time, like fifth or sixth grade, we went to the river and did a rafting trip. Not like the rafts that you would see in a conventional river rafting trip. They would throw us on like inner tubes. It was so much fun. And the freedom of me and my little inner tube down the river was just like thrilling to me as a young young child and we always begged them to take us back but the river was either too rough or there wasn't enough water so it was just the one time that we went on this rafting trip when we got back I realized that propelling my arms down the river a scrawny tiny little child in the this giant inner tube caused like this huge rash underneath my arms and I didn't realize until after the fact and I was in so much pain so yes I remembered it for the good stuff, but I also remembered it for the pain. I have an irrigation ditch in my backyard for farming. It's more like a creek, but it's only a creek when the water runs through, which is on Thursday mornings from about 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So I've really been thinking about promoting it as a wedding venue with a water feature for those who are interested in getting married on Thursday mornings from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., my favorite river is the Isere River. It's spelled Y-S-E-R. This river starts somewhere in France, I believe, and then uh, goes through Belgium and empties into the North Sea. And I don't know jack shit about this river. I don't know anybody who's lived on it. I'll never visit it in all likelihood. It's my favorite river because of its spelling. It's sometimes used in crossword puzzles, which I do very frequently. And sometimes to make a crossword puzzle have a strong theme, you have to put in some bullshit words there just to make everything else fit. We call this crossword ease. It's a whole vocabulary of obscure words that really only people who do crosswords know. If you're ever doing a crossword and you're like, I need a four-letter word, and I'm positive this first letter is Y, and I'm positive the second letter is S, and then you're thinking to yourself, but that's impossible. There's no words that start Y-S. Well, there's one. He's there. A small, relatively inconsequential river in Northern Europe. When I was probably in junior high, the Boy Scouts were going to go river rafting in Wyoming. And they didn't have enough boys to sign up, so they opened it up. They had two slots. And so my friend and I, we decided to go. And it was a little bit, um, I mean, they were happy to have us there, but, you know, it was long before co-ed activities. So that was a little bit uh, challenging. 
But because we were just two girls and a group of boys, we got our own cabin. And then we were in our own two-person kayak. And we had this guide who had two things that were really appealing and intriguing, I guess. And that was that he was really handsome and he had a glass eye. So that seemed like a classic river guide characteristic. Like if you were hiring a river guide, I think that those are two things you should look for. Anyway, I just want to point out that while we were two girls who were last minute selections, our kayak was the only kayak that did not topple over in the river. So we stayed afloat and enjoyed the river the whole time without incident. So take that, river rafters. Girls ruled river. I was in my early 20s and I was house-sitting a mountain country house in Valley Cruces, North Carolina, near the Watauga River. My friend from Chapel Hill called me and he said, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of coming to visit. And I said, that's great. We can float down the river. And he showed up and he said, guess what I brought? And I was like, a positive attitude. And he was like, no, I brought weed. And I was like, that's awesome. Because we can smoke the weed and then float down the river. It'll be perfect. And that's what we did. We got high and then we took our inner tubes and we went to the entrance of this river and we turned the corner. We saw these people in the river. It wasn't just like a family. It was an old time Baptist church, like a whole congregation. And they were wearing white and they were conducting a baptism. And we were there just as baked as a potato, just looking like, what did we stumble upon? And we kind of cautiously stepped closer. And then one woman from the congregation came up to us and she said, hi boys, we're having a baptism. And we just kind of looked on like, oh, okay. Does that mean the river is closed? And she said, would you like to join us? It looks like you could use it. And we just sensed this judgment, like she knew that Satan himself had tempted us with his herb and brought us here to face the love of God. I'll always regret not getting baptized that day. As a kid growing up, when you talk about like, oh, my dream house this, my dream house that, easily, boom, my dream house is going to have a lazy river ebbing around it. And that was the dream when I was a kid. And I've got to say, as an adult, I'm pretty disappointed that I've seen so little houses in opulent places like Beverly Hills that don't have a lazy river. Because as an adult, I still think that that idea is probably one of my one of my best ones for like life goal ideas. Imagine it's a beautiful Sunday. You wake up, your curtains are billowing. You look outside your window and the river floats before you. And what do you do? You throw on a pair of swim trunks, or no trunks, because it's your house. Just go be free in your lazy river. Thanks to everyone who chimed in this week with their stories and their thoughts. Allison in Herndon, Virginia. Ava in Ann Arbor, Michigan. David at Barton Smart Trivia. Emily in Fruta, Colorado. Helena in Ksenia in Los Angeles. James in Eugene, Oregon. Liz in Salt Lake City. And Mia in Austin, Texas. 
to be a part of a future episode, go to podcast.oneword.com. Until next time. Word up. Hour seven. Brandon's post-divorce survival hike. I have great news. I'm being rescued. As we speak, I'm on my way to to urgent care. As, as I was being thrown violently down the river rapids, I noticed two boys fishing and they threw rocks at me. And I asked them, where is civilization? Do you speak English? Or have you developed some sort of mountain tongue because you were raised here by wolves and hillbillies? And they said, there's a road 100 yards away. I said, lie to me not, mountain children. And then they took me to the road. And now I'm, I'm on my way to find out if these scratches need surgery. I'm going to seek professional medical assistance. And I want you to know, Deborah, if you're listening to these blog posts, you did not beat me today. I may have had a rough go at things with the thorns and the river and the threats of starvation when my go-gurt exploded in that backpack that I bought, which is expensive. But you did not win. And you and Mark may have your perfect life together, but I have a great life, too.